Welcome back to Coffee with a Shot of Cynicism, the Gilmore Girls podcast. We've missed you! Yes. Welcome back! To an all-new season. I'm so happy! (laughs) Everyone wanted to know, when are we coming back? Well, we're back now. We're back! When was our last episode? It was like end of April. Um, No, beginning of April. I think it was the end of March. Oh my goodness. Like, like... Excluding the quarantine queries, I think I it was. Have, like, a Gilmore Girls thing. Yes. Uh, I think it was, like, March, the last week of March. Oh, we've missed you. Yes. I was actually flipping through my notebook before getting ready to take notes for season three, and I was like, wow, this notebook is of a pre-COVID world. Oh, it was unharmed. <laughs> it was unharmed. I didn't know what lay ahead. <laughs> Literally. Oh, my God. How is everyone doing with COVID? Yes, we hope everyone is uh, coping somewhat well. Yes. And um, it's not over. Don't no, think it's over. It's not. It's not over. <laughs> so please continue to social distance and wear your mask and be vigilant. Mm-hmm. And yeah. on that note, should we tell them a story about um, someone who sent us a direct message on Instagram a while ago? Oh, Lord. Okay, so can I say something before we get into that? Yes, please. Because that night, I was very mad. (laughs) You think? You think? No, I was very mad, and you're going to understand why in a second. But also, I was very upset, and then I had to, like, vent to somebody. Mm -hmm. So I vented to my brother and my sister-in-law, who were both like, you can't say that. (laughs) And I was like, she started it! (laughs) So you're going to hear the story of what happened when Jeffrey posted... On our story, yes, you've probably seen it. It's a tweet that says the pandemic is not over just because you're bored. Yes. And this was in beginning of May. Definitely in May. I have no perception of time anymore, but it was a while ago. Please, I don't know what's happening anymore. Are we Sunday? Are we Monday? I don't know what the fuck. But it was definitely in May. I can't remember if it was the beginning, middle, whatever the fuck it was. Actually, I think it was like mid-May. It was like right when like I started, like the warm weather was arriving and those tweets started going around because like the warm weather was was here and everyone was like out and about and like literally they're just going out for the sake of going out because they were bored. Right, right. So um, beginning, uh, middle of May, and, um, yeah, like you said, we started noticing a lot of people, like, disregarding government guidelines just because the sun was out. Literally. Which is not a great idea. So, Jeffrey posted that in our story, and then we get this lovely direct message that I kind of couldn't figure out at first. And I posted the the screenshot of the tweet with, like, my own little kind of rant. Um, yeah, which... you were just reiterating the fact that... So I have it here. Do you want me to read it? Yes. I delete, I deleted it from my device because I was like, I don't want this bitch on my phone. Anyways, it was basically you saying just posting one more time for the people I've, I've seen going on hikes and picnics and people that, uh, and with people that they clearly don't live with. We get it. You're bored. Blah, blah, blah. All that stuff. Um, basically, you're just reiterating the fact that we should continue to stay vigilant and be careful. Yeah. Um, so then you posted that and then... She wrote to us, which I was very confused about, because I didn't understand if she was, I knew she wasn't agreeing, but I, I didn't know if she was, I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> I'll just read it. <laughs> Should I read it? Yes, read it. She, re- uh, she wrote, well, honey, certain states have begun to open up. This is a global platform. 
Some countries didn't quote unquote shut down the same way as America. For instance, where I live, we can get gather we can have gatherings up to 25 people. So I was so I think you can tell why I was confused. Like, okay, let's add to the point she's trying to make. Is she like let's dissect that a global platform? Are you think does she think our Instagram page is a global platform? Oh god. Um, even we're not that conceited. No. But um first of all, let me just say it's a truly American thing to think that everyone on the internet is American. Literally. Let, let, us, re- let us reiterate, we, Eleni and Jeffrey, are not American. We are from Canada. But I mean, it just, it, it doesn't matter where you're from. It's just such a, I, I've never seen this, but it's such an, of anyone else, it's such an American thing. Yeah. Assume that everyone else is American. <laughs> It literally is like I it's I can't even begin like if I you know I've just gone on vacation to the to the United States and it's just everybody like I think because Canada is a little sim is like obviously similar to the United States in many cultural ways. Yeah, no, I get it. But like to just as blankly assume that everybody who looks like you is American, like whatever. So I I was very confused. So I I replied, I wrote, I can't tell if you're trying to be sassy to make a point. I can tell you as someone who works with COVID patients, it's a terrible disease that is devastating people and taking it lightly pisses us off. Exactly. So that was it. Like that was where I was going to leave it because I didn't understand what she was trying to get at. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, but then, but then, but then, <laughs> then she <laughs> continued, and she wrote, I'm replying to your ridiculously judgmental post. I'm sure you have a private account to rant on. Many of us use social media, especially now, as an outlet and escape. Then she went on to say, the country slash world cannot stay closed forever. All illnesses aren't pleasant. This one, for the majority, isn't deadly. Compromised and medically fragile people need to stay at home. Let the rest of the world get back to normal. We cannot close the entire world down for every virus. I'm sure once the true COVID-19 death stats are released, we'll all have more to say. False facts piss me off. Fear-mongering, greedy hospitals, that pisses me off. Global mental health decline, that pisses me off. And then her last paragraph, which makes absolutely no sense. I know since the beginning of this, hundreds of girls in Ethiopia were saved from child marriages. I know many women and children suffering in abusive homes in the United Arab Emirates. I can go on and on. It's time to open up. You can't see me right now, but I'm literally, my mouth is like to the floor and I'm staring into the abyss, wondering what the hell she just said. Can we just start with the last paragraph? Because I have no idea what the fuck she was trying to say. I'm sorry. Who? Who? I'm sorry. Ethiopia. What? I, I don't know what. What? What? I don't know what. At first, I thought she was saying, "Oh, like I thought she was going off her earlier point of like this pandemic is making it harder for like people in abusive relations." Like I thought that. But no. Because it's true. Like a lot of people, when this whole thing started, quarantine were uh, were concerned about the fact that people are now having to be quarantined with their abusers, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. But, but then I know since the beginning of this, hundreds of girls in Ethiopia were saved from child marriages. And then the women in abuse, I don't know. I don't know I don't, what's happening. I'm having a stroke. Like literally, I think that's just a random ass paragraph 
to make herself feel better. But can we go back up to where she said something yeah, about greedy, ho- like greedy hospitals? So, yeah. So I wrote, maybe we should get my response because oh my I God. don't know. Well, yeah, we can go and say like greedy hospitals don't understand real COVID numbers. Now I know you're a fucking nutcase because what the fuck? Um, false facts, fear mongering. I don't know. Just say you support Trump and go. Yeah, seriously. Um, So I wrote back, let me respond to your insanely stupid comments. Greedy hospitals are only a thing in the United States because clearly your leadership doesn't give a single fuck about the lives of Americans. The rest of the world doesn't make a profit profit off sick people because it's immoral and disgusting. 100% true, by the way. Greedy hospitals, only a thing in America. Yes, 100% confirmed. Like, that's not a thing. And if you're wondering what we're talking about, you can do some research because in a lot of countries, I would say in most countries, hospitals aren't there to make profits. No. In Canada, healthcare is a right, not a privilege. Okay. That's number two. Then I wrote, second of all, I don't need to make up stats since I'm the one that takes care of death certificates at the hospital and sends bodies to the morgues. Literally. You're ignorant if you think we're making things up. It's for me, the most triggering part of what she said was the, fa- the, the the statement about when the real COVID numbers come out. As if, like, we're making shit up. I, I'm we'll scared. Talk about how many people die. Do people <laughs> actually believe that, the, like, that, like, this is quote-unquote fake news and, like, that, that they don't, that they think, like, what, the media is lying to them when they say 100,000 Americans have died? But you know what it is? I take it especially personally because... I, I'm not in that job anymore, but when I was in that job, um, we became a COVID floor. And then when we were a COVID floor, we became like a palliative COVID floor. Yeah. So people were coming to our floor, like just getting ready to die. Mm-hmm. And so I would wait, I would walk in, in the morning and have just death certificates on my desk. Yeah. And like having to take the bodies down to the morgue and whatever. Like when you say shit like we're making up COVID numbers, that fucking pisses me off. It's like I really don't even have the words. It's ignorance beyond anything I've ever heard before. And like ignorance, again, no offense to any, you know, of our endearing American viewers. We love you. But like this is just ignorance of a really... A plus American kind. Going back to what you said in the beginning of how she literally assumes everybody on the internet is American. Like, what? Yeah, I don't. I don't know what. It, I, I don't know what she's assuming. I don't know. Like, I don't know how people have the balls to just say, "Oh, you're just making this up." With what? What theory are you going off of? That and I don't know how you have the balls to send a direct message, a private message to a fan page of people you don't know. With one of just, who works in a hospital. Yeah, with a, like paragraphs of just like extremely rude is not even the right word, but extremely rude and ignorant uh, like accusations, basically. Yeah. I she, don't, she, she was basically accusing us of spreading false information. Yeah. And so. then I wrote to her, this isn't just any virus. It's a highly deadly one. I've seen the damage firsthand. They're not false facts. So take your attitude elsewhere. And then I wrote, because I also took offense to her saying, like, I'm sure you guys have a private page where you can post stuff like this on. We literally don't. We literally don't. You can look for it. We don't have one. But also, like, 
so I, I think my, my last paragraph just summed it up. I wrote, if you don't want to read about us telling you to stay home, don't fucking read it. You don't get to dictate how someone else uses their social media accounts. They're Thank ours, you. They're ours to do with as we please. Don't follow us. Don't read our stuff. And don't comment if you don't like it. And then didn't she, didn't she sound like a, like a gif of someone like turning off the TV or something? Yeah, like she was turning me off. So I was like, all right, ciao, bye. We mutually blocked each other. Yes. And honestly, if you want to send us, by the way, this led me to the next day because I was still in a rage. It led me to sending something on Twitter and on Instagram saying, um, I believe my, my choices were like, my, cho- my choice words were um, reminder, like if you don't like what we're saying, you don't have to read it kind of thing. Basically, and like and you, you can follow <laughs> us if you want, you know. I think your exact words were, "You can sashay away over to the unfollow button." Ah, uh, yeah, that's probably. <laughs> it. You included a gif of Tatiana from Drag Race saying "choices." Choices, because you have fucking choices. Don't fucking read it. Literally. Like, we'll just I don't understand because more than anything, like I'm fine with having discussions with people. I don't mind having discussions with people. And if you've ever um. DM'd us or sent us a tweet or whatever, you know that we're really good at replying to you guys because we actually do like um, engaging with you. Yes, we like conversation with like-minded people. But also, like, I don't mind having a discussion if we want to have a healthy debate about something. You sending me a private message telling me that, like, I'm making shit up and, like, I'm being judgmental because I think COVID is a threat, like, fuck off. Literally. Instead of doing that, like, just unfollow us and don't read our shit. Like, the audacity of people who think that they can do that, like, floors me. Whatever. So, um, this is me telling you, telling viewers, telling <laughs> listeners, whatever. Listeners. Listeners. This is me Bombers. telling you. <laughs> yeah. This is me telling you that if you don't like what we have to say about anything, by the way, if you don't like our opinions on Gilmore Girls, if you don't like our opinions about the pandemic, about our favorite fucking music and songs, <laughs> you don't have to listen to us. No, please, unfollow us. There will be no hard feelings. You're not going to hurt us. You're not going to hurt us. I literally do not care. We don't. I don't. We do this for fun, and if you want to have fun with us, please be our guest. If not, Ciao. that's fine, too. Exactly. Bye. Yeah. Well, and, and this goes, by the way, by the way, can I just... Yes. Can I just say something else? Um, the world has been a disgusting mess lately with everything that's going on with uh, police brutality and prote- Black Lives Matter protests and all that. If you also don't take offense to the fact that we posted like our support for Black Lives Matter, if you take offense to that, feel free to follow us right now because fuck off. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like... Please use the unfollow button if that's because it, I actually that's don't it. want you following us if those if those are your opinions. If you let me let me give you a little test. If you say all lives matter when I say black lives matter, you can unfollow us right now. Yeah, please. Like we're not even gonna engage. Like you can press stop, unsubscribe, you can unfollow us and never think about us again. Literally. Yeah, literally like the complete true sentiment of no hard feelings is not even applicable here. Just like, don't just go by you. I don't think about you because you're not worth my time. Exactly. Okay. But, be- okay. <laughs> but before we move on, should I provide some little backstory to that uh, semi rant that I posted on the story that led to this whole mess? Absolutely. 
So it's funny. It's really funny that she said, I'm sure you have a private account to rant on or whatever. It's because like my my personal Instagram page is not private. Like if you want to follow me, you can follow me. Um, It's just funny because what inspired that rant on our podcast page was about um, a girl who I knew in elementary school and high school who I follow on Instagram on my page. And we're actually we're actually pretty close at one point, and like we're not close now. But she is just she's a very social, extroverted, outgoing person. Like mm-hmm. you can like you can meet her for five minutes, and you can and you can just know that. And for the entire you know duration of quarantine and lockdown and staying home, she would just constantly be posting just stupid memes and tweets about how like I miss my friends, I miss concerts, I miss parties, and like of course, like I miss concerts too. I miss you know I miss dinners with friends. I miss you know I miss all those things too. Like you're not special like I wasn't at at first I didn't really take it wasn't really bothering me because it's like yeah I miss those things too like I agree but just like it got to a point where she was posting things every single day about how like she misses like music festivals and like what like just every single day and it was just getting a bit much and so by the time like mid-May rolled around when you know warm weather was here and people were disregarding guidelines because oh it's sunny and we're tired of being cooped up at home the pandemic is over I guess let's go out she um I'm I'm assuming she was one of those people who was you know pretending the pandemic is over because she literally posted an entire Instagram photo shoot about a hike and a picnic that she took with people who she clearly does not live with like we're not close now but we were close once I know for a fact you don't live with those people yeah and so, like, just because she'd already been posting all those things before and now is just, like, on her story, on her page, just posting, like, things she's doing with people who she does not live with and, was and like, is not complying to physical distancing, I was, like, really, really tempted to post that tweet on my own story and with the same rant. And I don't really, I didn't really care if she would see it, but, like, it would obviously be directed at people like her. Yeah. And so I was, but, like... I chickened out and was like, I'm going to post it on the on the podcast page because, you know, let's call a spade a spade. Our podcast has more followers than I do. So I was like, this is going to reach more people if I post it on our podcast story. So yeah. that's what I did. And that it was so it was inspired by a girl who I was once friends with who is just being stupid and just and, you know, disregarding rules. And since, you know, in phase two, we've been allowing uh, we've the government has been starting to we make policy (laughs) yes we make the rules the government has been allowing us to you know get together with you know up to 10 people outside as long as you like stay apart she has uh very much been taking advantage of those rules even though she's not staying 10 feet apart in the pictures that she is posting so let's just say i'm very close to unfollowing this person you should for your mental health in conclusion, but also she can uh, fuck off. Okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and uh, that's my that's my. Uh, take her advice though. Like, if you don't want to see her doing that shit, just unfollow her. I know, and it's like it's getting to be a bit much now, so I think I will. Just unfollow her. Yeah. So shall we uh, dive I back into some? Yes, please. 
Shall we dive back into some Gilmore Girls content? Good. I missed it. Yes, we did. I missed it. In the of everything that's been going on, Gilmore Girls has been a comfort to me. Me too. I've been so I actually rewatched all of season three like a few weeks ago in preparation for um, us starting season three. Right. So everything should be super fresh. But um, no, there's no but. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's been, it's been a rough, it's been a rough year, <laughs> and it's nice to have something to go back to, um, yes. that, that you know is comforting. So, let's dive into season three, and would you agree, because I think the fandom can agree, that season three is the best season? Arguably the best season? I disagree. You disagree? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um... Some days I agree. <laughs> I think it's it's the last well because it's the last season before Rory's away. Mm-hmm. So it's still very much that mother daughter dynamic that we love, but it's matured a little bit. So I think that's what I love about it. Can I offer a counter argument? Absolutely, you can. So since I finished, you know, rewatching season three a few weeks ago, I've since been I've since been watching season four. Mm-hmm. And I, would, I was obviously going to save this until, we, you know, we started discussing season four. Right. But um, I'm pretty sure that that's my favorite season. And I would argue that um, Lorelai and Rory's mother-daughter dynamic was actually much better after Rory went to Yale, in my opinion. Interesting. Interesting. Like, I found, I found like, the writing and their, their like, um, rapport and dynamic was, like, much better after Rory, like, moved out. Yeah, so the thing about Gilmore Girls for me is that I always flip-flop between season three and four. Okay. Um, I, I think in the beginning I didn't like season four because I thought it was going to change everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe I can't, because I was already younger than Rory when I started watching the show. Right. And I, and I was like, it's going to change the way I see this character. Because I already sometimes can't relate to her because I'm so young. And now she's going off to college. I'm really not going to be able to relate to her. Uh, but yeah, no, as I've gotten older, I guess because I can relate a little bit more to the character and the problems. I think, yeah, I go back and forth between season three and four. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I go back and forth because I think, yeah, like you said, the dynamic is really great between them. They still managed, the writers did, to capture um, a really nice dynamic in season four, even though they weren't there. And I think it also allowed the characters to grow on their own a little bit. Yes, I 100% agree. Yeah. Also, um, I think the reason why uh, season four for me has always been my favorite, like ever since the first time I watched it, season four has been my favorite. And I think it's because I was exactly Rory's age when I first started watching Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I, I feel like I was growing with her in real time. Got it. Yeah. So. I think it was a little bit different for me. It's yeah. always easier when you can relate, right? But exactly. It's not sometimes. So that's it. Yeah. Um, let's dive into season one. Uh, season one. Season three, episode one. With the world's most annoying goddamn motherfucking song. Lazy, hazy, crazy days. Oh, my mother of Christ. Um, <laughs> this is a terrible song. So, do you remember when I came to visit you in New Brunswick and we watched this episode in your yeah. kitchen? 
And it was literally in our heads the entire rest of the night. It was terrible. (laughs) We were like, no matter what we were talking about, it was in the background. We just kept saying like, lazy, hazy. It was like there the entire night. Yeah. And every time we would start singing it, the other one would get fucking frustrated. (laughs) Even though like you were just singing it five seconds ago. (laughs) Yeah. No, I know. It was bad. It was very bad. Um, I'm glad we're past that. I did watch it yesterday, the episode, and I was like, please, God, please do me a solid. Don't let this thing be stuck in my head all day. It's funny because a few days ago, um, I posted on our story asking people to send uh, to send me recommendations of songs that they like to listen to in the summer. And someone literally sent in Lazy Hazy Crazy Days. And I was like, no. Yeah, I know. I saw that. I was like, this bitch is obviously fucking with us, but I want to hit her. <laughs> Get out. I was like, no. And then I'm at work and I'm doing a search and I'm just like, Lazy. and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I know. But thank you for that. That was cute. Um, okay. Let's talk about the scene that I'm pretty sure made all of us shit our pants the first time we saw it. The opening scene of the episode? The opening scene on the episode. Let me tell you guys something. If you weren't screaming at your televisions going, what? The first time you watched this, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Because I remember the first time I watched this. I actually do remember it. I'm not kidding right now. I do remember it. Wasn't season three the first the first season you watched in real time? Yes. Right. But... I had already seen, like, I knew I knew what had happened before kind of thing. Okay. It's not going to, I don't know if this is the first one that I saw in real time. It's the first one I got on DVD. I know that. Oh, okay. Season three was when I really got into the show. And I knew what had happened before. Okay. So let me tell you, let me tell you what, what like, what? Why did they toy with us like that? Um, I just have to say, and I think I've said, and I think I've said this before, but dragging out Luke and Lorelai becoming a couple must be one of the most exhausting storylines in TV history. God damn it, it's so true. Like the first time I, I was so fr- and I'm so frustrated. But the very first time I watched Come On Girls, I was so frustrated that they dragged it out until the end of season four. Yeah, but can I say that this giving us like a tease? We were like, oh my god, maybe during the summer things changed. Literally. Goodness, maybe they're gonna have like a flashback to what happened over the summer. And then she fucking wakes up from a dream and you're like, you fucking bitch. <laughs> you bitch, you gave me like four minutes of bliss. <laughs> and then you took it all away right before my eyes. Who's the bitch, Amy Sherman Palladino? How dare you, Amy Sherman Palladino? <laughs> How dare you? She's never coming on our podcast. Yeah, well, she wasn't doing that anyway, so I don't know what the fuck you're thinking. But, no, no, how dare she? Toy with our emotions like that. Yeah. Do you know what, like, sometimes, this is a 100% true what I'm about to say right now. Sometimes I lie awake at night and I'm like, what would I say to this person if I met them in real life? I'd have a lot of questions for her. I have so many. You know, you know what will be at the top of my list? I think you know. I do know, but tell them. Why did you end a year in the life on a cliffhanger? I know it. <laughs> I knew it. Like, I want to know. Please email me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's not doing that. But Gilmorepodcast at gmail.com. Please. Uh, <laughs> if anyone knows Amy Sherman Paladino, please pass it on. Um, 
Yeah, so so much confusion and anger when you're first watching that scene. And it just gets progressively worse because she walks downstairs, like, talking about the alarms, and you're assuming she's talking to Rory, and then you're like, why the fuck is Luke in her kitchen? Mm-hmm. And then, and like... Why is she wearing lingerie? Yeah, number one. <laughs> and then, why is Luke cooking in her kitchen? And then why is she talking about him hiding her coffee? And then, what? They kiss? <laughs> what? He talks to her belly? She has twins? No, it's just like a roller coaster of emotions. And then she fucking wakes up. Yes. And poof, it's gone. It's gone forever. Oh my god, I couldn't. I know, I know, I know. I'm like comforting myself right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I know. I think the first time that I watched season three, I was like, I was still not convinced that it was going to happen. Like, I was, like, I knew it was going to happen eventually, but I knew that it was still just, like, they're baiting us. No, but here's the thing. To start, okay, because this brings me back to, you know, when you were younger and you waited all summer for your favorite shows to start again? Literally. Yes, season premiere, yes. So you, like, settle in front of the couch, and you're excited to see what happened after Rory and Jess kissed, and Christopher went off to be a douche. And, like, you know, you all these things, you're like, I wonder where it's going to go. And to kick it off like that. Rude. Fucking, I was going to say cruel, but, <laughs> yeah, also rude. Oh, my God. I don't know. Like, th- this to me is, like, a-, a prime example of, like, that excitement you felt coming back from the summer. Mm-hmm. and sitting down to watch your shows again and why it was so exciting because watching that in real time that's what like television was for you know what literally, I mean literally literally like television is not for binging we've had this discussion before I miss those days yeah that's the thing Rewatching this season this episode for the purposes of this podcast it just brings that up in me again where I'm like television wasn't meant to be fucking experienced like this no like, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'm grateful that I can binge a show, especially now that I've moved and I'm all alone. But, you know, you're just like, I no, no. Television was meant to have that excitement of when the first episode comes out and you're like, I wonder what's going to happen. Yes. Can I offer can I offer a uh, books, a book recommendation uh, based on that very concept? Always. Um. Uh, so during quarantine, it was actually the first book that. I said, fuck it, I'm ordering books online. I was like, I'm buying myself a book, sue me. That was like yeah. the first one I bought. And I've since bought like seven other ones. That's That was like in April. So it's been a very slippery slope with the credit card and uh, ordering books. My credit but, card is uh, tired. <laughs> that's a story for another day. Anyway, yeah. so I bought this book that had been on my like my to-read list that I was actually, I, put, I think I, I first added it on Goodreads like at Christmas time last year. And oh, I'd seen that, like, about. yeah, and I had seen um, that my library had it. So I was like, oh, I'll get it from the library, you know, eventually. And I didn't, I, I didn't run out to get it. And I can like, anytime that I was, I was at the library after that, I just forgot about it. See, and then, taking the library for granted and I was exactly. not there anymore. Exactly. So, you library know, when, give us. when April came around, um, you know, the library was closed and unfortunately it still is and so uh, I was like really in the mood for that book and I was ordering um a gift for my cousins who just had a baby and I was like you know what I'm buying myself a book sue me and so I bought this book it's called I like to watch 
and then the sub and then the subtitle is arguing arguing my way through the TV revolution, and it's by this critic named Emily Nussbaum, and she um, has been like a TV critic for the New Yorker and New York Magazine and a bunch of different places, and so it's basically just like an essay collection about like the love of TV pretty much, and it's just like a bunch of different articles and essays that she's written over the years with a few new ones, and she also like talks about Me Too and how it's hard to you know love an artist and an, and a creator after you've found out that they've done unspeakable things and right. just very entertaining and it would you know cuts my mind away from some existential dread during quarantine so i highly recommend well definitely i yeah i saw it i saw it when you added it on goodreads mm -hmm. um at first from the title i thought it was like a sex thing <laughs> oh my god I'm like, oh, Zephyr. <laughs> it's funny you're saying that because the title, oh my God, the title of that book, um, anytime, like, you know, like when you're ever, you're reading a book and you pick up it and you pick up the book and you see the title and it's yeah. like the title reminds you of something else, either like a song or a movie and like any, and then like th throughout the entire time you're reading, you're either humming that song or thinking about that movie. Yeah. So I don't know why, but anytime that I read the title, I like to watch for some reason, this a song from Mary Poppins would pop into my head, and the song is not where I thought you were going with that. But okay. <laughs> the song is "We Love to Laugh," and so like it's it's when, you know, they they go to see Mary Poppins' uncle, and she's and he's like laughing on this, he's like stuck on the ceiling because he can't stop laughing. Mm. And so the song they sing is "We Love to Laugh," and so anytime I was reading this book, I pick it up, I see the title, I think I like to watch "We Love to Laugh," and then I start singing the song. I'm like, what what is wrong with me right now? Anyway. Well, so. that's better than what I thought you were doing. So. <laughs> well, you thought, okay, you thought I like to watch was about sex. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where my mind goes. I don't that's know. hilarious. But to be fair, I've been reading a lot of romance novels during the quarantine. True. I don't know why. So, um, what else do we experience in this episode? We get to see... Um, Suki and Jackson's first glimpse at married life. Yeah, I was over it. Honestly, I have maybe not a confession, but maybe like a, an admission. The more I rewatch Gilmore Girls, the more I think that Suki and Jackson are the worst. I don't know if they're the worst, but like it was cute when they were first started dating and we like got to see them courting each other and whatever. I just I'm but over as a married couple, they're annoying. They really are. And, like, Jackson is, enough, no offense, again, to any American listeners, but Jackson <laughs> Jackson is a full-blown redneck. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know about that. But like, I, maybe not redneck, but what's the word? Like, um, yeah, redneck is what I'm thinking of. But, like, you know. You're going to offend a lot of people. <laughs> okay, I'll give you a better example. Like, people who live in Campbellton, where you where you used to live. Like, that, that's the <laughs> That's not nice. <laughs> That's the visual I'm getting. Like, you know what I mean? I get a very small town. Like, yeah. Can we, like, if we jump ahead to the Thanksgiving episode in season three when they're, like, freaking... jump ahead because that's one of the best episodes of the series, so let's not do that. <laughs> um, what else do we experience? We experience Rory being away from Lorelai and being in Washington. Yes. Where she's Where Rory is ignoring Dean's letters and drafting a letter to Jess. Yeah, so, okay, first of all, we still send letters to each other, so do you still send letters to people, because that, well, I have to tell you, that's, like, one of the best feelings when you get home and you have a letter in your mailbox. 
literally. Like email, email and texting is not the same thing. It's not. No, we send each other postcards and letters all the time. Um, so consider doing that. Yes, send your send your send your long distance friends letters, postcards, love notes, etc. Especially during quarantine, guys. Yes, please do. Okay, but the thing I want to say about Rory Mm -hmm. is that um, I don't know how she doesn't know what to say to Jess. (laughs) I mean, I I do know how, but what I'm saying is, like, fucking touch base. Just touch base. (laughs) (laughs) Like, call him on the phone or something. You've done it before. Just fucking call him. It's true, because I think maybe it's because, like, now that they've had that kiss, they've she, they've kind of, like, crossed the line into, like, we don't know what's happening. But before, she could kind of justify it as, well, he's my friend, and I like talking to my friend. Yeah, but, I mean, at the same time, just, like, I don't know. I, I felt like she was being really immature in this in this thing. Oh, yeah. And, like, going back to what you said about season three being the best season. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is, just because Rory is super immature and annoying at a lot of points in this season. But the, thing is, the, reason I, the reason I don't mind that, well, that might change, by the way, as we go on. But the reason I don't mind as much is because everything in her life so far has been kind of perfect and fallen into place very easily. Mm-hmm. Boyfriend with not in a lot of drama, and, like, her and her mom are doing good, and she's doing good in school, and everything's fine. And, like, she's never really experienced the hardships of being a teenager. No. So I think that's the reason why I'm, like, not super, like, annoyed. <laughs> but in this case, I was. Like, you want to write him a letter and, like, send on your last day in Washington, you're going <laughs> to write him a letter? Like, just fucking call him and like, talk to him. Which brings me, by the way, to the fucking festival when she sees him making out hard with a girl, with Shane. Yes. Like, did you really, were you that naive to think that everything was going to stop just because you went to Washington? Like, he wasn't going to. She gonna is, though. Like, I know she is. I, I know I'm asking her a question, but it's rhetorical. Like, she really, really fucking is. And it's and annoying. Baker, like, whatever. I don't know. It, it was not great. But before we, before we dissect that even more, because we will, um, should we talk about Paris and Jamie? Yes, let's. So... I don't know if, we, if we've ever talked about this before um, outside of the podcast, but um, the actor who plays Jamie, who I'm very into, by the way, especially in this younger in this younger version, okay. um, <laughs> he later played a very twisted villain on General Hospital. Okay. And um, it's actually kind of it's it's better that the that the actor was younger when he did this role because the character he played on General Hospital was so twisted at times that it's like good that I don't see that character in Jamie mm-hmm. because I got he wasn't he wasn't like as bad as soap villains can go he wasn't like extremely twisted but he was pretty like twisted honestly so. I can't take soap villains seriously <laughs> uh, no you can't and, I think, and the character died so oh great good riddance <laughs> oh. <laughs> um yeah but Paris and Jamie unlikely couple but very cute mm-hmm I'm glad Paris has found, like, her intellectual match. At least at this point. Sorry? At least at this point. Yeah, like, I'm glad she's over this pining after fucking Tristan for whatever goddamn reason. Yes. Um, And when I think a lot of people, when they say that season three is the best season, it's because 
I think the writers at this point have really hit their stride with like how they how they make characters come across and like Par- like I just take Paris as an example of like when she gets asked out and she's like I can't believe it I finally get asked out on a date and I'm not even there you know what I mean like it's just it's very I think they've 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 figured it out they figured out who the characters are and yeah. it's really coming across in the writing is there a general consensus in the fandom that season three is the best season I mean I've seen it multiple times okay like, like you, oh, I think you can disagree. Oh, maybe a lot of people disagree, but I've seen it a lot. Like that's the general consensus. It's just funny that like, uh, like obviously I agree, especially with um, certain characters like Paris, and um, I like Paris and Jess. I think kind of hit their stride in season three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. Like maybe it's because I'm rewatching season four right now. And but see, but season four has always been my favorite, just because. A, I said before, I just, I grew, like, I was the same age as Roy, so, like, I grew with her. Mm-hmm. And but also, I feel like just, like, the dialogue and the writing I found was, like, really sharp and spot on in season four. Not to say it wasn't sharp and spot on in other parts of the show, but, like, I for me, I think the show really hit its stride in season four. You may say that. That's fine. <laughs> in my opinion. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Maybe when we get to season four, I'll feel the same way. Who knows? I'm a flipper flopper. Yeah, maybe I'm biased. I don't know. Me too, probably. Who who knows? What the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think um, as the season progresses, it's nice to see Paris kind of come out of her shell a little bit mm-hmm. and go from being like the enemy that we knew in season one and two to having this like love-hate relationship with her and Rory. Yeah, I I will say that it was really fun watching Paris and Rory um, interact in a political setting. (laughs) Especially since, like, a few months ago, well, pre-COVID, actually, when when there was, you know, the Democratic um, primaries, I think. Right. And... (laughs) And you tweeted on our account that, like, uh, Paris would make all these old white men, like, on their knees and, like, on their knees and start crying. So, 100%, I stand by that comment. (laughs) If Paris Geller was a real person, like, I have no doubt that if she ran for office, number one, she would get shit done. Mm -hmm. Number two, she wouldn't take anyone's shit. And by anyone, I mean straight white men. Of course, of course, straight white men, because it's, it's also later in season three when we get that um, iconic, iconic line, iconic scene where where Rory and Paris are in um, Headmaster Charleston's office. And she says, well, of course, because we're girls, we're going to be arguing about a boy. Right. Exactly. But I think like her hounding politicians, like her chasing around Barbara Boxer and telling <laughs> her like. Why don't we just get Freddie Prince Jr. to fucking take a photo with Colin Powell? And like, like honestly, I just I forgot about that. And it's in these political times. I'm like, we need a Paris Geller. Really do. Um. So, ladies, I was gonna say something that RuPaul says, but then I was like, it's really vulgar. <laughs> you're, oh my gosh, I know exactly what you're gonna say. Well, I know. If you, you know you, what I'm gonna say, then keep it to yourself. Uh, <laughs> 
but um, no, it was just really nice to see her kind of in her element. And it got me thinking, like, there's really nothing that Paris can do. Really, no. And I feel, I'm like, you, I feel bad already, like, starting to rewatch season three again, just knowing that, like, there's a big roadblock for her ahead. Yeah, no, I know. But I mean, there's really... Because I was talking recently with a friend and we're like, in the revival, she's a doctor and a fucking lawyer. <laughs> like, it's just amazing. There's really nothing she can't do. And I think it's a really, you know, as much as we say that Rory's very smart and she's like driven and she's such an inspiration and whatever, with all her reading and this and that, I really think Paris is the one that like people should aspire to be. <laughs> yeah. And it's unfortunate that like, in terms of what would sell, I guess that. Rory is the more relatable character when it's like obviously I think everybody who's watched Gilmore Girls and who is a fan of Gilmore Girls like Rory resonates with you in some kind of way Mm -hmm. but like I feel like Paris as I as I've gotten older and I've continued to rewatch I find that like Paris resonates with me in a way that I didn't notice the first few times yeah I was just (laughs) about to say I feel I, I see myself in Paris way more than I see myself in Rory as time goes on yeah um and I'm sure like if you rewatch I'm sure that's true like if you rewatch a show that you loved as a kid mm-hmm. I'm sure that's true in a lot of instances but I don't know why it's like more clear to me now um but I definitely have moments where I'm like oh I'm such a Paris exactly. like her breakdowns to her like telling people off to like not taking anyone's shit um Maybe it's because as I get older, I'm, like, more like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so refreshing to see that she was like that in high school. <laughs> yeah, it is. Especially know. since later she has, like, pretty much has, like, a breakdown, has to have a life coach to help her through life. Because I'm like, I I need a life coach at this point. Like Honestly, just... I, yeah, listen, for sure. But, I mean, that was some bougie shit that she needed a life coach, let's be honest. <laughs> like, and, and just weird because, like... Lorelai makes a comment in that uh, first episode, second episode in season four, when she's like, like on Oprah. And it's like, in the 2000s, like life coaches were automatically associated with like Oprah. Yeah. Now, now, maybe it's just because I watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. But now there's (laughs) like, Teddy is a fucking accountability coach. Yeah. And I was watching it the other day. And I'm like, I wonder if this is like the modern day life coach. God, that would be. I don't know. But imagine the level of wealth, like, where you can just pay somebody to tell you, like, I don't know, how to make decisions and shit. That's, like, like you said, some bougie, some, some bougie, bougie shit. shit. <laughs> but anyways, it was nice kind of seeing Paris in her element, for me, at least. Yes. And for me, um, for me it was, like, I could totally picture Paris being a ball buster on Capitol Hill and getting shit done. I think we deserve another revival, or not a revival, a spinoff, a present-day spinoff of Paris Honestly, Geller. I would be so fucking happy with a, a Paris Geller spinoff. Considering that um, um, Liza Well, who also starred on How to Get Away with Murder, that's not that that show just ended. So like, I think the actress is, is open now. So like, yes, time guys, get on it. Step up, step up to the plate. Exactly. Um, okay, so Rory gets home from Washington, and um, like we said before, she sees Jess completely assaulting this girl's mouth with his mouth, and um, she's jealous, mm-hmm. and Lorelai calls her out on it. 
thankfully. Yeah, I think this is one of the few instances where I'm like, you deserve it. <laughs> like, yes. I'm like, she's right to tell you off. Like, she's, Lorelai is definitely being judgmental, but she has every right to be. Mm hmm. Um, I think, I think it's because maybe like, I think Lorelai is moving towards this reality that she'd been avoiding in season two, where it's like, my girl can't date a bad guy, like, yeah. and now it's like, she's realizing, like, the inevitability that, like, her daughter likes Jess. Yeah, well, we were talking about it at the end of, like, towards the end of last season, when we were saying, like, you know, when Rory missed Lorelai's graduation, mm -hmm. it was Lorelai kind of coming to terms with the fact that, yeah, her daughter really likes this guy, mm -hmm. um, and she's probably going to have to get used to it. I think that's I think that's when I think that's the moment where everything peeled back and Lorelai realized like my daughter dating this guy who I'm not a big fan of might be a reality soon. Yeah, it's happening. And I think, you know, it's it's very unsaid, but I think Lorelai also struggles with the fact that she doesn't want to be like her parents mm -hmm. in this scenario. Like and I think in the back of her mind, she's always like, what would Emily Gilmore do? Yeah. And because she knows that. You know, Emily Gilmore would say, no, you're absolutely forbidden from seeing this boy. Mm -hmm. And she knows that that's, like, stifling. And she doesn't want to do that to her daughter, no matter how much she doesn't like it. Right. Um, she's not going to do that to her daughter. Exactly. So it's interesting to see how their dynamic changes, too, in this season. And mm -hmm. I think that's also why I like it so much. Because for the first time in the whole show, it's... Um, like Rory being defiant, not defiant, but Rory doing something without, let's say, the blessing of her mother. Uh, yeah, I feel. Mm, I don't I, know if I would say blessing. Sorry, bad choice of words. But it's it's doing something that her mother doesn't necessarily approve of, but at this point knows that she can't say anything about it. Yeah, I feel like maybe I feel like that that time like that moment like kind of came and went at the end of season two with the car crash. Yeah, but I think because I think now Lorelai's like not giving her a blessing, but saying like, listen, it's obvious that you that you have feelings for Jess. Um, so either choose Dean or Jess. Like you you can't have both, and like yeah, that's, like, that's just her being realistic. Yeah, yeah. And can I also just say if we if we jump back to when Rory was getting Paris ready for her dates with Jamie in Washington, she was Rory was literally telling. Uh, Paris about how like what can be good about dating and she's literally talking about Jess the entire time. Oh my god, the whole fucking time. It's so clear she's talking about Jess. You like somebody who likes the same books and the same music and can like laugh at the same jokes but who challenges you. I'm like, Dean does none of those things. Literally. Literally. Like, Dean. you're not smiling about Dean right now. Okay? No. You're not. Okay? And also I have to say especially, this, 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 this is clear to me Anytime that I rewatch the show, but especially when I'm rewatching for the purposes of analysis, um, I really hate the whole Dean doesn't deserve this narrative. Yeah. So, like, I'm not going to say he does deserve bad things to happen to him. Maybe yeah. I think that in some place of my brain. <laughs> yeah. But Dean's a big boy, isn't he? So here's what I'll say to that, because I'm not necessarily on the same page with you. Okay. Um, I definitely, like, hate the fact that, like, Lorelai kind of coddles him. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate the fact that Lorelai's literally always on his side. Yes. Even when, like, her daughter's clearly struggling with something, as we saw at the end of season two. Um, 
I don't understand what the fuss is. Like, I never got why Lorelai was so, like, hell-bent on seeing them together. Mm-hmm. That being said, it's true what Lorelai says. Like, stop. If it's... Because I think in Lorelai's mind, it's clear for Rory that she doesn't love him anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, not like, clear. What, what kind of love was it? Like, puppy love? Like, but uh... that's it. But that's... No, but uh, I, I completely agree. Like, I think it's... In Lorelai's mind, she knows that for Rory, the love has... The puppy love has kind of worn off. Yeah. So I think all she's saying is don't string him along, which I, which I guess I kind of agree with. Yeah. I mean, number one, for obvious reasons, because I can't stand this relationship. But number two, I just think, like, in life in general, if things have played out and, like, it's clearly over, there's mm-hmm. no sense in stringing someone along if you're not going to like them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I totally agree in terms of, like, what Lorelai was saying. Like, when she said Dean doesn't deserve this, she meant, like, Dean, like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't string Dean along if you're clearly not into him. Like, she yeah. was kind of just trying to, like break it down for her and say like but that's the thing it's, it's okay not, if you don't like him anymore exactly but but for me it was like i didn't mind it as much because it's not just dean it's like any decent human being if you don't fucking like the person anymore you're not into it and they're putting in all this effort and you're clearly not into it just like put them out of their misery kind of thing yeah i 100 percent agree that's what lorelei was saying maybe what i meant more in terms of i hate that narrative was because like you know, anytime Dean fans march their way into our comment section, they're all like, I don't know what you mean. Dean was the best boyfriend. Dean did this. Dean okay, held so her hand. Okay, beat that horse to death where we say Dean is clearly not the best boyfriend. Yeah, like, we're not we're not going to rehash that. But I feel like I feel like the argument that always comes that always comes out when we when we talk about you know Dean versus Jess is that like, oh well, Dean was the better boyfriend because he was you know. He was a sh- like a gentleman, and he was always there for her, and blah blah blah. Like we've we've picked apart that before, but I yeah. think that just like they also like Dean fans will also argue that Dean didn't deserve how Rory treated him. And it's like okay, he didn't he didn't deserve maybe to be strung along like that, but at the same time, like he Rory didn't deserve to be yelled at in front of the entire like half asleep dance marathon well yeah here's the thing I, I would argue that not just that i would argue that dean also does some things that rory doesn't deserve you know exactly um, like we can we can argue that both her, ways yeah the way he treats her and the way he um talks to her sometimes and manipulates is also not something that a healthy relationship is all about so no and i feel like those i feel like those little things that we've discussed like if you're if you're just a casual Gilmore Girls viewer, you're kind of you kind of those those, those things are easy to overlook or miss. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna we'll say to don't watch it again. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna say you know go look for them if you love Dean, but no, like. But I mean, I think it's maybe it is because we've watched it so much. But I think it becomes more and more clear as you watch it. Like this is not a healthy relationship for both of them. No, it's not. It needs to end, but unfortunately we have <laughs> a couple more episodes to go. Yeah, we'll get there. Don't worry, Jeffrey. Don't lose hope. So can it's we talk coming. about how... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about how uh, how much I hate Emily and Richard in this episode? Oh my god. I wrote Richard and Emily suck in this episode. That's what I wrote. <laughs> I, wrote a simil- I wrote a similar statement, so I think we're on the same page. Yeah. Um, 
just uh, before we get into obviously the the dinner scene with Lorelai, not even dinner, she was there for five minutes. But like the fact that Emily calls the minute she gets in the door and she's oh like, God, "You're supposed to call." So Everyone knows I was you coming back on Thursday. You call the minute you get in. Like Lorelai didn't know what fucking time they were getting home. She, well, and she was literally not. The, no, it's not a rule. It's, there's no rule. But she was literally not even in the door five minutes. Seriously, her luggage is still being dragged in. Like you can't be that upset, Emily. Like she's that's just that's just an attention whore at her finest. I'm sorry. Yeah. But can I can I say that um, because the scene reminded me of something like between me and my mother. So, um, you know, like Lorelai's sitting there arguing with her. She's like, yeah, but mom, I didn't know. And her, whatever, they're going back and forth. And mm-hmm. then Lorelai just takes a deep breath and goes, I'm sorry, mom. Welcome home. <laughs> so yes. that happens a lot with me where I have to like kind of hold back. Yes. Um, because sometimes and I'm not saying this to be like shitty but sometimes it's just easier to fucking just say say what the other person wants to hear yes i agree about saying what the other person wants to hear but it's about your own energy too like how much energy do i want to spend on this yes i've had to think about that a lot and i always say to myself like seriously it's not worth your energy not because you want to make the other person happy not because you're you're like admitting defeat or anything just say what they want to hear because it's not worth your time. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I 100% agree in terms of like your own like you're preserving your own energy and like your own mental health slash sanity. Like for sure, just know know another person's limits, boundaries. Like you know what I mean in terms yeah. of say like say say what they want to hear in terms of like. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like, say if it, like say what they want to hear if it's not, like, false or toxic to you. But to, that's like, it. Like, if it's something small and you just have to let it go, like, you can let it go. Yeah. And it's not going to bug you more to let it go. I should also preface this by saying. Um, just do it. Because at yeah. the end of the day, you are going to feel much better. And I, and I speak from experience. I've had to do this with my mother a lot. Like, you're just going to you're going to feel much better and less mentally drained. Yes, I do agree in terms of it's something something minor that's not going to make or break how you feel about yourself or the other person, fine. But I yeah. but I, I was also raised with, with the men, with the um va- value, I guess, that like mm-hmm. you don't apo- you don't apologize for something that you didn't do. No, absolutely. But if it's something as trivial as Emily saying you should have called me, Yes, for sure, like, obviously. But okay, I just, like, I'm just going to say, you're right, Mom. I should have called you. What is it? <laughs> yeah, but, like, I think just in terms of that, obviously, uh, that that's just different because Emily's just being, you know, uh, a come up next Tuesday. But, like... You say come up next Tuesday? I say see you next Tuesday. <laughs> I don't know. Come up next Tuesday is what my mom always says. Oh, right. um, I don't know, but just like apologizing for things you didn't do just yeah. like t- takes me back to elementary school. And it's like, you have to apologize because that's like, mm. yeah, no, I get what you're saying. But I just I've been I've been looking at it lately recently in terms of like myself. Yeah. And it's kind of the one of these things like choose your battles. You know what yes. I mean? Like, yeah. if it's something that's very important to you, absolutely, you should stick to your guns. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that's clearly important to them, but not to you, just fucking say what they want to hear and, like, let's be. Agreed. All right. <laughs> um. So why are Richard and Emily such assholes this episode? Well. Where do we begin? Where? No. 
so true. Where the fuck to begin? So I hated, amongst other things, I hated how they were both just so quick to think that it was Lorelai's fault. Yes. And it never even occurred to them that maybe, just maybe, it wasn't, and it was Christopher's wrongdoing. <laughs> wow. The more you I know. know. An insane concept, Jeffrey. <laughs> it's like, w- the world seems so simple until this very moment. I know. It's, it must be nice living in their bubble. But... Like, yeah. It just it just it just brings up the, the the same old the same age old argument of how no matter which way the no matter which way it comes up like both of Lorelai's parents always side with Christopher. And it's like Yeah. Why? Yeah. Like why can't um, you just like see your daughter's side for once? Like, number 1. Number 2, I just So for me Richard was especially harsh in this episode. Oh yes. It's very rare that I say that because usually Richard's like reasonable and he tries to like, you know, rein everybody in. And normally I'm always like Emily's freaking out for no reason. This episode in particular was was really a shitty one for Richard because mm-hmm. number one, he did that thing where it's like, well, I don't want to talk about it. Let's just let it go. She obviously made her choice. And then number two, um, he said a line that really, really pissed me off. Mm-hmm. And he said to Lorelai, um, if Christopher has found somebody who is going to allow him to be a father to his child, as if it's Lorelai's fault that he was irresponsible for all those years. Literally, like no matter no matter which way they they argue it, it always comes out on it always comes comes across to them as Lorelai rejected Christopher, and so Lorelai is always in the wrong because Lorelai. Lorelai was the one who refused to let them be a family. Yeah. Uh, no, Christopher was the one who ran away, who like was not ready to be a freaking father. That's it. Because because for them it's all about that marriage. Mm-hmm. Because in Richard and Emily's mind, if Lorelai had just said yes, I will marry him, everything would have been fine. Oh yeah. Because even once though, you're married behind closed way, doors. Yeah, even though, by the way, it wouldn't have been fine because he's still the same person. Putting a wedding ring on him doesn't make it any, you know. He was still going to be irresponsible even though they were married. So in their twisted 50s conservative mindset, it's like, oh, well, you know, you get married, you you buy a house, everything's fine. Yeah. We don't talk talk about anything ever. Yeah. So for me, that was a really shitty line because as if somebody has to allow you to be a father or a parent, I should say. No, you make the decision to be a parent. And yeah. I'm not talking biologically speaking. Anyone could be a fucking anyone could father or mother a child, but to make to actually make the decision to show up and be a parent, nobody has to give you permission to do that. You have to want that. Mm-hmm. So for them to imply that it's Lorelai's fault that he never got to be a father to Rory, like that was a real piss off. Mm-hmm. Well said, because. No matter again, no matter which way the cookie crumbles, Richard and Emily always side against their daughter, and it's like absolutely, I, and it's just so fucking, sh- it's so infuriating to me. Like I'm glad that Lorelai just like quietly collected her things and was like, bye. Yeah, no, I 100% sided with her in that, um, because how, like at that point, how do you reason with people like this? You there fuck, was no- <laughs> you don't, right? Yeah. 
Like, they're literally just ignoring her and arguing amongst themselves about how shitty she is. <laughs> I would have fucking got up and left, too. Yep. Oh As would yeah. I. It was a really, it was a really hard one um, for that reason, I think. Especially because Emily immediately assumed it, like, it, again, it was Lorelai's fault, but also it was because, like, Lorelai's, you know, flaky and inconsistent and as if, like, Christopher is so stable. Yeah, as if he's so goddamn reliable. <laughs> which, ne- which, according to, you know, Rory and Lorelai, at least in the beginning, like, he never yeah. really was. Exactly. So where did, I don't know, like, I don't know, it's just very, it's just very misogynistic. It's like, you assume that because he's the man that he, he was responsible and was willing to marry her, but Lorelai turned him down, so Lorelai is the villain for the rest of their lives. Just... And by the way, I would argue that um, Lorelai was actually the one that was more responsible back then. Because oh, yeah. Christopher was just going along with what his parents were telling him to do, mm-hmm. right? To, like, get out of this mess and not look like idiots in front of their friends, whatever. Lorelai was actually the one that stepped up and said, no, we're too fucking young. We're mm-hmm. not doing this. And, you know, no. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Whatever. Just in every aspect of fucking Christopherness, I'm just, ugh. Even when he's not actually in the episode and he comes up, I'm just like, ugh. I'm not looking forward to later when he, like, barges into their dinner and, like, I have to jog to you. I'm about to go off. (laughs) Well, hold it in. To go off. (laughs) Anyways. Um, Let's talk about the last scene of the episode. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if we must. Um, So Lorelai goes to Luke's. And you'll remember from last season that Lorelai and Luke got into a big fight mm-hmm. because um, Lorelai felt wronged because Jess was in town. <laughs> How dare he? Yeah, exactly. How dare Luke bring him to Stars Hollow? If you hadn't have brought him, everything would have been fine. Yeah, Which, and my daughter would have kept fucking dating this douchebag. Which, by the way, is something that Emily would have said. So Lorelai was showing her Gilmore side in that one. <laughs> no, I get it. Um, yeah, no, I can't. Um, so I think this, yeah, sorry. This scene, like, goes back to what, for me, I said last season of Rory. Uh, Rory. Lorelai always needs somebody. Yeah. Like, when she got into a fight with Luke last season, she ran to Christopher. When things went wrong with Christopher, she ran to Luke. Like, it's just, she needs someone to lean on. And I get that. Like, look, she doesn't have, not she doesn't have anyone. But, I mean, like, it must be hard to be by yourself, a single parent, and not have anyone to rely on. But why does it always have to be, like, why do you always have to manipulate people? (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. I know, I, I get what you're saying, because it's like... Like, this was super manipulative on her part. Yeah, especially since she was like, I'm going to sit over here. New, me, me, new customer. And then sit quietly, and like, literally two, two seconds later, this is the second time I let myself do this. No, uh, but like, that, it's like, you haven't even had a conversation with him about apologizing. Well, she mean, never does, I don't think. They did briefly, but like, it didn't turn out very well. Like, you could tell he was still hurt. Like... And then you just walk in when you're having a bad day, 
And, like, expect him to be there for you and listen. Yeah. So, for me, it was really, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you know in the fandom, Rory gets a lot of fucking hate? Yep. For, like, breathing out of the wrong nostril? (laughs) Lorelai doesn't get enough, in my opinion. No, I think it's because everyone just thinks, like, nope. I'm not going to say nobody dives deeper, but, like, on the surface, Lorelai is just very witty, fun, sarcastic, cool mom, best friends with her daughter. It's like nobody really like focuses too long or too hard on the fa- on her like blaring flaws. Well, I'm here to fucking check you. <laughs> because you gotta. And every time Lorelai does something wrong, you best believe we'll be here talking about it. Oh my god, 100%. We'll break that shit down for you. <laughs> yeah so for me it was just super manipulative like you're just gonna waltz in there expect everything to be f- I just really need a cup of coffee like go make coffee at home Fuck. like I, I think it would have been like maybe in, in, in another world it would have been just interesting to have seen what would have what would have happened if Luke had been like work clothes get out which he never would have done because Luke obviously loves her yeah he's a sweetheart but I mean Listen, more than anything, more than that he loves her, he's actually just a really good person. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of people have wronged him. Like, I always I always come back in my head to, like, Liz, you know? Like, yeah. Liz has wronged him a lot. Like, dumped her kid on him. Doesn't say thank you. Like, left when his dad was done. Like, you know what I mean? And yet he's always there to do the right thing. Yeah. So more than any, more than the, the fact that he loves her, I think it's just he's a really dis- decent human. So he never would have kicked her out or anything. But it's just, it's, I don't know. It's very, yeah. it's you're right. It's very, it's very manipulative. Yes. Well, that's that. <laughs> that was I think... all I have to say about Lorelai being manipulative. <laughs> well, that will be a, a recurring theme for the rest of the show. So. Damn straight. up. Yep. I think um, we've I think we've run out of talking points. Have we really? I think we've I think we've gone through everything. I was just about to ask you if you had anything else to say. <laughs> um, we've, gone to, we've gotten to the end of my notes. Oh. Um. Yeah. No, I don't really have anything else to say other than the fact that this fucking song is going to be stuck in my head now forever. Actually, wait. There was something that I forgot to bring up. Tell me. Tell me. I have three words for you. Cows don't wrinkle. Oh, hey there. (laughs) So if you don't know what we're referring to, Kirk has decided to um, expand his business empire. 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 I use that word loosely. You can't see me, but I'm doing quotes. Um, And tell them. Tell them what Kirk is deciding to do. So he's, like, selling these, like, is, is it moisturizer? It's like some it's kind of moisturizer, cleanser, cream. Like I don't know what the fuck it. Is. It's all these bathroom products. Let's say based on cows because cows don't wrinkle, and so cows yeah, must have an excellent. One day it occurred to him. <laughs> cows don't wrinkle. And then he li- and then he finds Lorelai later and's like, you haven't used that, have you? Because there's you know a lot of things wrong with it. Yeah, it's having really bad reactions to like motion and smell and uh, the sun and like like Kirk that's everything like what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about um anyways I don't know how Kirk thought he was the right person to make a fucking skincare line well he's the same person who later makes t-shirts saying Babette ate oatmeal so well, that's true 
but some might argue that that worked because there are hundreds of people now in the world that own a t-shirt saying Babarero Mio. True. Very true. I really want a shirt, like a black shirt like that one, but it says a film by Kirk. They're, they, they exist. Yes, I really want one. For your birthday. I'll get it. <laughs> um, I will 100% get it for you. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So that whole interaction with him talking to Michelle and uh, Lorelai, and Michelle's like, oh, Kirk here was about to tell us what the difference was between a cow and a human. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the kind of Michelle I like. Who's that yes. Michelle? And then later he says, "Don't you wish you had? Don't you wish you had a cocktail every single time you came by?" It's true. Ah, <laughs> uh, Kirk. But this is just the beginning of Kirk's like businesses, shall we say? It really is. His entrepreneurship. Yes. Better you are work. in for a world of more Kirk enterprises. Exactly. Just, just the beginning. Buckle up. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to discuss this episode? Um, nothing. To, nothing more to discuss. No, I do. I did want to give another big shout out to everyone who has sent us messages um, throughout the course of our hiatus between seasons two and three, mm-hmm. asking us, you know, either how we're doing or letting us know that their our podcast has brought has brought them some some kind of peace and comfort during this crisis, which is, like, very overwhelming, as I wrote in a post, just because, like, the fact that we made something that brings people joy is just beyond for me, so thank you very much. Honestly, um, like, logging into Instagram and Twitter every day and seeing how much people enjoy um, everything Everything. (laughs) that we're doing, like, just enjoying, because, you know, like, the last couple of episodes that we've done that weren't related to Gilmore Girls was really more us just talking. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we still had people, like, commenting on that and saying how it was great, like, it can be very overwhelming. So thank you so much. You've brought us a lot of joy. In fact, there was still, there was, I think there was even more comments when we were talking, when, when we talk about, like, our own lives and our own interests. It's like, people... I feel like people are, are even more interested in that sometimes than our Gilmore Girls commentary, which is, like... Wow, you actually care about what we have to say? Jeez. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, it's crazy to think about. But yes. that being said, um, we do answer all your DMs and all your emails and all your tweets. Yes. So don't be scared to contact us if you want uh, If you want to talk. <laughs> yes, if you want to, uh, you know... Drop us a line with some Gilmore Girls trivia because I know a lot of people like to do that. Actually, one person messaged us. Oh, mess! The can't even speak anymore. Mm-hmm. Messaged Thank us <laughs> to say uh, to point out a parallel in season three where uh, episode one begins with Lorelai having a dream about Luke, and then the season ends with Luke having a dream about Lorelai. So fun that parallel. Which I never noticed before. So thank you for pointing that out. Yep. Well, I know. Well, I'm gonna. I noticed it now because you said it. But before yeah, you said absolutely. it, absolutely. But like, it. it's just things like that that we love discovering too. Yes. Yeah. So thank you very much again, and please don't hesitate. Where can they follow us? They can follow us on the Instagram. On the Instagram. Gilmore Girls Podcast. And on tweeters. At Gilmore Podcast. Exactly. And where can they eat? I think we already said our email twice this episode, but where can they email us? Again, I don't care. <laughs> Gilmorepodcast at gmail.com. Yes, please stop by anytime. 
Yes, and we hope you are once again buckled up for the rest of season three. I'm very excited about this season. I think I'm most excited for the dance marathon episode. Oh, yes, that one in Thanksgiving. True, because there was already people on our Instagram anticipating our reactions to the dance marathon. So well, I think we're going to have to like be ready with our commentary and analysis for that one. If there's ever a time to be prepared, Jeffrey, it's that time. So like, let's get uh, our shit together. I will make sure of it. Perfect. So thank you guys again. We will yes. see you soon. Stay safe. Yes, please. And um, like we said in the beginning, if you don't like what we have to say, we won't take it personally. Just unfollow us. <laughs> and uh, conversely, if you if you don't like what we have to say, um, uh, too bad. So uh, have a great day. I was trying to be diplomatic and you're just like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks for listening.